Yermiyahu chapter 32. Chapter 32 begins at Davar Asher Hayel Yermiyahu Me'et Hashem Bashana Asirit Utsikyo Melch Yehuda Hiyashana Shmona Yisrei Shana Redevuchanetzah Azchel Melech Bovel Tzarim HaYerushalayim Yermiyahu HaNavi Kalui Bechatzar HaMatara Asher Beit Melech Yehuda So the story is that this is the tenth year of the reign of Tzitkiyahu. Soon the city will be destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar's army besieges the city. And Yermiel finds himself in jail, essentially. Chatzar HaMatarad, prison compound. And he was imprisoned by Tzitkiyahu, who objected to his prophecy. Why do you say, in the third verse, why do you say, why do you prophesy that the city will be captured by the king of Babel? Why do you say that I will not escape? So, because of this prophecy that annoys Tzitkiyahu, he puts Yirmiyahu in jail. And now in verse number 6, Yirmiyahu speaks, That's an unusual Phrasing in the book of Yirmiyahu, Vayomer Yirmiyahu, to introduce a prophecy. God spoke to me. So here we have the following story. He is told that Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, so Hanamel is his cousin. Your cousin is going to come to you and say to you, please buy my field, which is in Anatot. Anatot, of course, is the city of priests from which Yermio himself comes. Please buy my field, for you have Mishpat Hagula Liknot. You are in succession to redeem it by purchase. And the reference over here is to what the Torah says in the book of Ayikra, chapter 25. It talks about redemption. And the case of the Torah is where somebody, due to negative financial circumstances, is forced to sell their land. And the Torah says in chapter 25 of Ayikra, a relative should buy it back. They call that buying it back. And the relative who buys it back, it could be any relative, it mentions specifically, actually, O Dodo, O Ben Dodo, Yigalenu. An uncle, or the son of an uncle, that's a cousin, should redeem it. Now, over here, it's not the situation, presumably, that we read about in the Torah. In the Torah, the cases where somebody actually sold their field, and now the field will be lost, and the person doesn't have money to repurchase the field. So it's the obligation of the relatives to purchase it back and bring it back to the family keep it in the family, and presumably even restore it to the original owner. That's called to redeem it. The case over here seems different. The case over here is that Hanamel comes to Yirmiyahu, or will come to Yirmiyahu, and does come in verse number 8. And he says in verse 8, so as God had predicted, 
Chanamel asked him to buy his field, which is in Anatot. And why should you buy it? Because you are in succession. Now, presumably, he still owns the field. Also, presumably, the field will soon be lost because the Babylonians are at the door and they will capture the land. And it is interesting to note that after the exile, destruction of the temple, and the exile virtually of all the remaining Jews, Yirmiyah himself, probably first captured by the Babylonians, is given an option whether to go to Babel and be treated well, or whether to stay in the land. And Yirmiyah chooses to stay in the land. So actually, the field of Chanamel, presumably Chanamel will go into exile. Yirmiyah remains behind. And because you are in line, you are in line in the family to redeem it were that the situation, I'm asking you to buy my field. Put the field in your name. The other place where we have a similar situation, but it's not clear there at all what the case is, is of course in the last chapter of Ruth, Megillat Ruth. Then we have the story where Boaz goes to the other person, the nameless other relative, and says to him that the field that belonged to Elimelech, Machra Naomi, Hashava Mistei Moav, Naomi, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, machra, which means she sold it. That would be strange if she sold it because we don't have any record of her selling it. Or machra could mean she intends to sell it. If she sold it, then what's at stake is buying back the field. That's what the Torah speaks about, about Geula. And the person is called the Goel in the Book of Ruth. If she intends to sell, to sell it, has to sell it because of her situation, that might be similar to the case over here. It's not actually to redeem it in the sense of buying it back, but it's to preclude the possibility of it being sold. In any event, Chanamel came as God had told Yirmiyah that he would come. And now we have a description in verse number 9, beginning in verse number 9, a very important description, an interesting one, about the way the purchase is made. In this purchase... We are told money is paid, and it specifies the amount of money that's paid to buy the land, and then it specifies the writing of a contract. The contract has has witnesses. We call that in our parlance a star contract, and the it would appear from over here in verse eleven, and then later on as well that the contract functions in two ways. In fact, there may be two separate documents. There's the Khatum and there's the Galui. Sefer HaMiknah, the Khatum and Sefer HaGalui, that's found in verses 11, verse 14, and it sounds like they're two separate things. One is the contract which actually operates to effect the sale, and the other is the contract which serves as witness to proof, evidence, that the sale has been made. And there are witnesses, etc., and the document is kept. Yermiyot hands over the document to his aide, Baruch. And what's interesting here as well, and this is very reminiscent of the book of Ruth, is the emphasis in this story that what is happening, the purchase of the field is done not privately, but the purchase of the field is done 
before others. In verse 12, for example, V'atenet ha-sefer ha-miknah al-baruch ben-neria ben-machsiyah li-einei chanamel dodi u-le-einei ha-idim ha-kotvim ba-sefer ha-miknah li-einei kol ha-yehudim ha-yoshvim ba-chatzar ma-tara. I gave the deed to Baruch, son of Neria, son of Machsiyah, in the presence of my kinsman Hanamel. The witnesses who were named to the deed, and in the presence of the Judeans who were sitting in the prison compound, three times emphasizing we nay in the presence. And the same thing is true in the book of Ruth, that Boaz purchasing the field and also marrying Ruth, and that's very important in that story, is done publicly. It's not that Boaz agrees only privately to marry Ruth, he wants to make a public statement, which is why he does it in the gate, in the public place, and all the people hear it and see it, and they confirm it, and they bless them. That's very important in the Book of Ruth. Ruth has to be accepted by the community, not just by the individual person. And here, too, the purchase is a public act. The point of the public act, act in chapter 32 this act has a symbolic meaning. Much of what Yirmiyot does in the book has a symbolic meaning. His private life and his public life of service are very much intertwined in the book. So he's actually buying the land. It's remarkable, really, because the Babylonians are at the gate. And Yirmiyot himself, actually, in this chapter, questions what is going on. Why do you have me purchase a piece of property when the enemy is about to take over all the property. He can't understand it. He finds the God's ways in this chapter very mysterious. And he says, doesn't make sense to me. Nothing is too wondrous for you, O Creator. But I don't understand it. You're banishing the people because of their sins. You have predicted it and warned them many times over in the past. And the city's handed over to the enemy, and you tell me to buy a piece of land. And God's response is interesting in chapter 32. God's response is, my ways are wondrous. I have my plans. But what seems to be the response of God in chapter 32 is that the purchase, which is done right now, the purchase of land done right now, which prefigures other purchases in the land in the future. But there's reference in chapter 32 to chapter 31. In chapter 31, God had spoken about a future in which there's a new covenant, a new understanding of God's ways in the world. And what the purchase of the land is saying, as explained to Yirmiyahu, is that the purchase of the land signifies not only that someday will be in the future where lands will be purchased, that someday there will be a return, but that the purchase of land, this public statement that this land is ours, foreshadows, as God explains in chapter 32, foreshadows a day in which the relationship of the people to God and to the land will be different and much deeper. And that was already expressed in the previous chapter. They'll receive a different Torah. There'll be a Torah, but it won't be written on a piece of parchment. It'll be written on the hearts of all the people. So right now, even now, even now as the Babylonians approach, God has a plan. 
And the plan is that someday to bring them back, not just to live the way they once lived, but a new era. The dawning of a new era, which was spoken of in the previous chapter and reiterated in chapter 32.